so you told us last time that you've been watching uh, DS9. So how far are you in DS9 right now? Um, right, I am at episode five, Babel. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you... I haven't. I yeah, I had watched up to that point and then was waiting for this one, and so I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I thought you skipped ahead. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. Okay. I I thought about it, but I decided to just to just kind of put it on hold until we got to this, kind of watch it slightly organically, okay. and then I'll keep going from there. So yeah, that's as far as I've gotten. Right, I'm trying to. Wa- I'm trying to I had, remember. I had watched again. Like I, I had started to watch it back. Um, I think it would have been like because it was during like the the few months where I had started residency and like Lisa was still in St. Louis and I had moved up here to start. Mm-hmm. And I had like I watched probably most of the first season, but I don't know how well I remember it. Yeah, I um, so yes, yeah, so you really haven't seen much, like, because I, I, I was curious if you had like any like favorite characters or anything. But maybe that's yeah. I mean, you know, and then otherwise, just like what we've what we've watched for the show. So yeah, you know, I've seen enough to know I love Garrick, but that's yeah, Garrick's great. Um, yeah, looking like further on here, you've you've got uh, you've got a good Dax episode where like she's being accused of a murder that like. One of her past selves oh, like committed. Interesting. And they've got a Q episode coming up here. The one Q episode. I do remember and, the Q episode vaguely, yeah. Because it's also got Vash in it, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you've got one. you've got the first appearance of the Nagus. Yeah. Uh, well, that one we watched. A, that one we watched for the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With Wally you, Sean. Yep. You've got a you've got a couple of really good ones at the, at the very end, I think, that are like really quality stuff uh, okay. for the first season, and then yeah, you've got Move Along Home, which is like a famously derided uh, episode where they get trapped in a board game. So you've got okay. some stuff coming up. Um, I think I think they isn't there an episode? Yeah, there's yeah there's an episode I think from this season. Uh, of, oh, in lower of yeah, lower they decks do a thing with they, it in lower decks. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's I think that's the one where they're like categorizing all of the like dangerous alien relics that are like. Yes, in the cargo bay or whatever. We didn't talk about that. That was that's a fun. That was funny. I liked that. That was another another like good way to like get some references in while like still making it feel like an actual thing. Yeah, they're doing. But anyway, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, uh, as I said last time, you know, uh, keep us keep us posted yeah, on your on your progress. And if I ever finish like the last like eight episodes of Voyager, I'll, I'll let us know. I guess I should just do it. It's not that I don't even want to. It's just that, like I've been watching so many yeah, movies, it's just so and that's much what to I. Watch, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And we're not talking about Deep Space Nine in this episode. We're actually talking about Miri, which is Star Trek, the original series, season one, episode 11, written by Adrian Spies, or Spies, I'm not sure, uh, directed by Vincent McAvity, which I, who I believe has done some other episodes of the original series. And um, yeah, he's done, he did six original series episodes. Okay. Uh, he did, including the Mega Glory. So and Balance oh, of Terror. So he's done some oh, better, nice. better, better episodes than this. Yeah. And um, this also, I believe, just just for what it's worth, I believe this is the first the first episode in which I was reading about this that Gene Roddenberry is the executive producer, and this is also the first episode produced by Gene Kuhn. Um, oh, interesting! Wow. 
which is, uh, I would say, kind of not a super auspicious beginning for these two. But um, <laughs> sure. so the. The, the the episode synopsis on Memory Alpha is the Enterprise discovers an Earth-like planet that was devastated by a horrific degenerative disease and is now populated entirely by impossibly old children. So, I know we talked about this a little bit off mic, and I think you didn't think this episode was as bad as I did. Yeah. This, I think this is one of the worst episodes we've watched for the show in the last year. Really? Wow. Like, like I, I hated this. Like, I, I, like about like fifteen or twenty minutes in, I was like, this episode kind of stinks. It's kind of boring. And then like, and then about like twenty minutes later, I just like said out loud, like, this episode is horrible. Like, I, I found it boring, but also creepy, but also like melodramatic in like the worst way that Star Trek can be. But also, yeah, like, there is. I forget. There was one other episode where I said this, but there are definitely some like moments where Shatner really like earns his reputation <laughs> as being William well, Shatner. Yeah, but I at the same time, it's like I can't blame him. I mean, I texted you this. It's like, yeah, the, like the, you you try to like have the camera like poked like twelve inches from your face and have to say like I am a grup. Like that's no no yeah. one can do that. Like like you know. Sure, that, that, sure. That's uh, Shat, like uh, in my opinion, like Shatner innocent. This is not like the problem with this episode. It's it's just like the problem with it. Uh, yeah, no. It's like a stupid idea for an episode that, and it's like 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 Babel, like last week. Like they're also like that's it. Like there's nothing. Like you don't even see. I don't I, like, are Scotty and Sulu and Uhura, no, even in this episode. Like like no, uh, none, of, none of them are. Like because yeah. like the few times that they like cut back to the ship, it's some other random guy. Yeah. Is like the only person that ever talks to them. That's just like, all right, I'm going to beam you down a computer now. And it's yeah. just like, is is he even like a character? <laughs> like, is is that someone that's ever there again? I don't know. I don't the, know. The, one, the one thing I liked about this episode is that um, it's by far the episode that we have seen that has the most uh, Janice Rand in it. And I was like, well, good for her. She got to like do some stuff. Like you have know? lines. Yeah. She got to do that thing where she was like, I kind of... Had been trying to get you to perv on me, uh, yeah. uh, Captain Kirk, and, and but now look <laughs> and at my now I'm now. ugly because yeah, like, I have a blue splotch on my on the outside of my stockings. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, let's we could, let's just like, get into it. I, I mean, honestly, like I'm looking at the memory office synopsis. This is a short memory office synopsis. Um, like so, like I think that they're also kind of there on like this is <laughs> yeah this, this is nothing. Is like, this is what, yeah. <laughs> So I did not know until we started doing this episode that that Vincent also I mean it's not and again this is not Vincent uh this is not a Vincent note but like that, that Vincent also directed the Omega Glory but I do think it's interesting that two of his episodes like both involve like a key plot point is that somebody has abbreviated a word and then just refers I, I did to people I think about that but yeah like this was just kind of sometimes a thing where it's just like oh yeah like in in space, they take words that are English words, but then they make them, like, they mix up two of them or make them shorter. And someone has to figure out, grups, grown-ups, that's what it means. Yeah, but the, the, I would say Yang's and Kam's is way better because, like, the, I mean, I remember the first time I watched that episode and I was, like, legitimately very surprised by that it, it, whereas oh, like the, grups like as soon as he says grups i'm like oh grown-ups okay yeah, and like yeah. even even the episode kids, it's like yes. rand says like grown-ups like right away like you know yeah. where it's like yeah obviously that's what they're saying you know yeah 
it does part of the episode does kind of have that sort of i feel like star trek will sometimes do the thing where they like had too many ideas that they tried to put in one episode and like half of them don't actually matter to the plot of the episode Mm -hmm. like like the whole like oh it's exactly like earth like it even has africa and florida Right, they don't, and they and that, don't, they that doesn't matter. <laughs> it could be any planet that they go to. Yeah, they never even say why that happens. Yeah, but yeah. that's like yeah, yeah, or even like like grub. Like, why do they say grubs? Why don't they just say adults or grownups? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's yeah. not like a key plot point that they have to figure out what grubs means, and they do no. it right away. Um. Uh, all right. Anyway, yeah. Go, yeah, go so for that it. Kind go of for stuff. it. So, so yeah. So they, the Enterprise, gets a. I think they get a distress call from this planet or like a like radio signal from this planet and they like fly up to it and are just like, it looks exactly like earth. Um, and then they just like show a couple pictures of earth on the screen. Um, and then literally that has nothing to do with anything for the yeah. They don't even like talk about it. For but it, it, it does give you a scene of like Spock basically just like reading off an encyclopedia entry on the like physical characteristics of earth. Yeah, like he's just like this is its mass. This is its circumference, and you're just yeah. like, and, and okay. Kirk's like, it's just like Earth, and it's just like, were we, were we supposed to know that? Were we supposed to be impressed? Yeah. You looked that up, but then they like show it on the screen, and it just like has like the continents of Earth. Um, well, you think about, think about I mean like how much harder in the future geography class must be in school, you know, like. Yeah. I remember when I was, you know, I was I was homeschooled. We were both homeschooled for at least parts of our education. Yeah. And I had, when I was homeschooled, I took this little this like geography course called Mapping the World by Heart. Yep, I did that and, one. And I had to and but at the end of it <laughs> you have to you have to draw a map of the world by heart, which I and I and I did it and I did like a pretty good job. I remember, you know, it's like it was an effective Yeah, like you could you could tell what all the places were. Yeah. I I did that class, but we like for whatever reason, got far enough behind that we still drew a map of the world at the end, but we didn't learn. It. We never learned to do it by heart. We just yeah. like, copied it from an atlas, basically. What? That's so weird. What's what's the point of that? You just draw, co- copying off of. Yeah, I, it took me like like weeks of just like like I remember just like sitting with this like big poster board like kind of painstakingly copying like all of the outlines of all the different countries and stuff yeah um, but like imagine though you have to do that but for like for an entire galaxy like like you know it's right, like right or like how yeah how 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 granular do they get with these individual planets you know like is, is that a thing that you would have to learn in school now like yeah maybe you're not learning the borders but you're learning like what's what's the mass the you know the the atmosphere all that stuff you know yeah um, one that does that does bring up an interesting so when you I, when you look up Miri on Memory Alpha, it's like, do you mean the episode or the character or the planet? Because apparently Miri is the name of the planet, mm-hmm. which, which I guess is based on like some star chart from like Picard that they mm-hmm. pull up. And they like, just there's named this it planet that? It's just like called Miri. So they just named the planet after like this one girl that Kurt kind of liked, maybe, but not really. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, we will. So go off, go off. <laughs> so yeah, so they find this planet, and uh, Kirk and Spock and McCoy, and Yeoman Rand for, for 
unclear reasons, all beam down. Um, which again, what do you think is that because because this episode is partially about like a twelve year old girl who is three hundred years old who is kind of vaguely horny for Kirk? I think they're like, well, we'll have like an adult woman who we've is seen on the show before who's, who's horny also for horny for Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Now, does she? I. I'm trying to remember. For some reason, I particularly noticed in this one. And I don't know. If, does she always have the like basket weave hair? I think so. She, yeah. Okay. My wife commented on that too, but I'm pretty sure she does always kind of have like that. Like I was weird, trying to. Does like, she just? I was trying to remember like, if Ronette's she just kind of always hair. has it up, or is it? It's like fully because it, it is. It's like there's like a fully like square pattern of hair like woven in and out of each other like a basket, like on yeah. top of it. And it was like, was this a thing? in the 60s or was this just like a thing that they thought would be a thing in the future like that seems well, very elaborate for it's maybe more about obviously like the beehive was a haircut was a thing i mean like I, yeah. I whenever i see her i think about like the ronettes you know but yeah um, but were they like that i always thought of as more just kind of like turned around on top of each other i guess i don't fully know but yeah it, it's just this very striking it, it looks like a basket yeah, um, it's kind of all the only way I can describe it. But anyways, um, yeah, Kim noticed that too. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm looking around and seeing if it, it does kind of look like it from like the few other, like shots from other episodes. It looks like that's just kind of always what her, like I, I think there's a few where she like has it down if they're like. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, she was only in eight episodes, which is. Yeah, they write her off after the, f- or they get rid of her after the first season, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, so she she goes down with them too, um, and then like a couple of red shirts, that are just kind of sometimes like nothing happens to them. They're just kind of sometimes sometimes they have some security officers there, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and it they beam down and it's this kind of like it's a town from the '60s, but it's like abandoned and like this kind of like ghost town like wasteland type feel. Yeah, which I don't know. This was, I think, the the part of the episode that I appreciated the most was just kind of the like it just has a very kind of creepy atmosphere because mm-hmm. you are in this like you're in this like post apocalyptic wasteland and there's like like there's the one scene where Spock is like kind of out exploring and like it's just you know like like Nimoy I think does a great job with it because he's just kind of like you know, a little on edge and like walking through this alley and like stuff will fall from above and you hear this kind of like laughing children and yeah, it's just kind of like slightly like disconcerting and, and creepy. And I think they kind of nailed that like vibe, especially in like the first half of the episode. Um, and like, yeah. there's, there's like this broken tricycle and then this like disfigured like person runs out like screaming and crying kind of unintelligibly and then he just dies. And it's just like, well, that was really like disturbing but yeah it they do kind of have this sort of like creepy vibe going for for at least for part of it that maybe maybe i just think kids are creepy though i don't know (laughs) the soundstage i think is doing a lot of work you know like the the, the back lot or whatever like i don't really think that like the scene with like the kids going like ring around the rose or whatever is that as i just i don't know i was i found the ones that just like, well, they're kids. Like, I, I, every scene with the kids in it, I, I do agree. I think that the first scene with that guy who's wearing that kind of like, it's one of those great things where it's like, sometimes when you look at like old makeup, old creepy makeup, like the artificiality of it is like part of what makes it kind of creepy. 
Yeah, um, like it's clearly like kind of like falling off of his face, but then yeah. like makes it look like that much more disturbing that it totally, is. Totally, totally. Yeah. And so I liked that scene, but yeah, like like once once it's kids and they're just like, oh, it's just kids. I'm like, okay, like, uh, sure. like it's just, like especially just like the idea that like these are all kids. I understand like their hor- their hormones have been like locked in, but like the idea that like. They're just, they've just been hanging around for like hundred, you know, like 300 for years, 300 this is, years. This is the thing that I was just like, and again, like I don't understand like child brains or psychology or any of that well enough, but like, I find it hard to believe that even like, right. Like I feel like part of, I'm sure part of like growing up and becoming an adult and like kind of changing is based on like biological things, but part of it has to just be like lived experience, right? Like, yeah. Like, even, like, if a 10-year-old was alive, living and experiencing stuff and doing stuff for 300 years, I feel like they wouldn't act like a, like, 10-year-old anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's or what like I like whatever too. these kids are acting like. We're just like, ha-ha, bang, bang. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you would. they wouldn't be acting like children <laughs> if they had been around that long. Um, but, yeah, it's a thing that is never really explored of just like oh no they're they're it's like they're kids because they're kids and yeah it's like yeah but they've been kids for hundred like literally hundreds of years like i can't i don't know it, no i agree that, i agree that yeah. part i thought like didn't really like hold up to thinking too hard about it that just like they're they're hundreds of years old but also act like caricatures of children I guess. well also like Sorry, sorry to these children, but like, like Miri is okay. Yeah. But like, all the other children in this who like have to do anything, I think, are like horrible. I like like the the, the especially like the, the, with the, the hammer, the, the ringleader, the ringleader guy. I thought he was so bad, oh, and then sure. the, and then that, that yeah, and the kid with the hammer who was like, pick me, pick me. Like those two are like probably the two that they get the most to do, and they're also like two of like the worst performers. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it is also, like, and again, like, this is kind of hardly the only show that does this, but, like, it is definitely, like, a bunch of kids that are, and, like, the whole plot point of, like, and they're kids forever, except that, like, the two leaders are clearly full-grown adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, Miri, she's, like, about to enter puberty, and it's just like, no, she's, this is a 19-year-old actress. <laughs> yeah, like, how, old, how old is she? Do we know? She, I, I think she, I think I looked it up, she's, she's... 19 um like she like the character's supposed to be much younger than that but yeah the actress is 19 kim kim darby i think the dude is like in his 20s or something so she was let's see she was 19 yep yeah because yeah i looked at the guy too and yeah he was born in 1939 and the this episode was in he, he was 27 years old yeah um, Man, he's rough. Yeah, I thought. But 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 yeah, I mean that's just kind of like how, like show business, goes, especially like during that time. Um, y- yes. Like you're not right. Like but you're not. Sure, gonna, I mean, the age thing, yes, but like the being bad at acting thing. Like, oh sure. That's, yeah. that's I mean honestly, like that's it's maybe like, like more inexcusable for like a twenty-seven-year-old like professional actor to be <laughs> that rough. Yes than if he was supposed to be like if they had an actual like 13 year old or whatever yeah yeah um so yeah so they they find 
so they're kind of like looking around and they yeah. look at they look in this closet and then there's this 19 year old 12 year old named Mary who is there yeah she kind of like has a few scenes and like they're they sort of piece together that what happened is like because because she's like scared of grubs because she's like all the you know all the grown-ups just like shout and hurt people and get angry and go then they go crazy and die um and like this was like the bad times and they figure like all of the all of the adults the before the before times right isn't that what they call it yeah sure which is i I feel like i've heard that a million i mean this is i mean this is an early episode so maybe, maybe this is where before times comes from but maybe so they figure out like all of the adults died and then they go into this like medical lab and like spock and mccoy are kind of like going through like research notes and figure out that they had been doing research about like immortality, like how to like extend life for a really long time. And then like did something creating this virus that would do it. But then it like went wrong and instead became this like incredibly progressive disease that like kills people really fast. Um, But it only takes effect once people have like, like reached or passed like puberty. And so like all of the children, like, did become like incredibly long lived and like age very slowly, but then as soon as they hit puberty, they're as soon as they dying. hit puberty, they like get this disease and like within like it seems like in, like less like minutes sometimes sometimes I don't know then they like very rapidly like yeah like days to weeks I think is what they say because like Mary's like started to get infected but they're just like she has like a few weeks left um, yeah that they like just sort of like decay and like their skin turns blue and they like go crazy and then they die. Yeah. Um, Cause there's another, there's one point where they go outside and there's another, like sort of like the guy from the beginning. There's another, like a kid that Mary used to know that now yep. has gotten infected and like gone crazy and tries to attack them and they, and then she dies too. Um, and then they figure out that they've already been infected with it. And so like first Kirk kind of like notices, or I think Miri like points out on Kirk that like he's already been infected because he's got this like little blue splotch on his arm. Then they're like, well, all of us now we're trapped down on this. Like we can't go back to the ship because we'll spread it. So it's just us like trapped on this planet. We have to like figure out a cure ourselves. And so McCoy starts working on it and they're like beaming supplies down from the enterprise. And then also there's a plot point that like the planet is running out of food and so like all of the kids like all of the kids are eventually going to die of this disease but also they're going to die before that because they, they had 300 years worth of food but now it's running out yeah i guess <laughs> which again is like don't don't think too much about it i guess but yeah and so like mccoy is kind of trying to make progress on this and then the kids steal all of their communicators so they can't like get help from the ship anymore and they're just like well we were using the ship computers to like make progress in this research and we can't do it now <sighs> i don't know am, am i forgetting anything then miri gets jealous of rand because i think you're yeah you're doing it some, somewhat in the wrong order a little bit maybe but or maybe not but but yeah i mean it doesn't really matter the yeah cuz cuz then like miri gets jealous of rand cuz then you, you they show like miri goes back to the kids and it's just like basically does a like Tinkerbell and Wendy type of thing from Peter Pan where she's like, Oh, like if we kidnap 
this like woman that is romantically interested in Kirk, then she'll be out of the way and then I can have Kirk all to myself. So she's like, well, kidnap the woman and then like Kirk will come to try to rescue her and then we'll kidnap Kirk too. Um, and that'll like throw off their progress because otherwise if they find a cure, then they're just going to leave. That's so interesting you say that because I, I didn't put that together, the Tinkerbell aspect of it because I was thinking, because I, I, like, I hate Peter Pan. I, I, I just, I have never, never liked Peter Pan. Um, sure. And, and I was thinking about the, this setup reminded me mostly of the Lost Boys, but specifically Lost Boys from Hook, which I, you know, watched this oh, year sure. for the first yeah. time in a long time. And, was just well, like, does she? I think doesn't she do that in Hook? Doesn't she do it again in Hook? I'm trying to. It's. I think so, maybe. Sure. But where like she kind of like betrays them because she's jealous of Wendy type of thing. But this has to be a Peter Pan thing. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, right? Like. Oh, because you have like the kids that never grow up. That that's true. Yeah. yeah. That part I didn't put together. But yeah, that for some reason that was what that made me think of. Of just like, oh, like the one girl is jealous of the other girl, so she like betrays her because then she thinks she'll have the man all to herself like type of thing yeah um but yeah i guess there is a lot of peter pan stuff going on if you think about it yeah i I wish i just i'm just about putting it together but that that has Uh, to be that has to be the thing because like i don't know peter pan stuff i feel like there's definitely a certain kind of like a certain subset of creatives that like you know yeah, because, yeah, it came out in 1953, so it would be... I mean, like, Peter Pan, the character, is obviously, like, an older, yeah, like, folklore thing. But, um, but yeah, I think it looks like the Disney movie came out in 1953. Yeah. Yeah, that's just... I didn't really think about that until we started talking about it, but I feel like that's got to be... Yeah, like, kind of a, like, through... An element influence. of this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they've... And they've kind of, like, referenced this before, where, like... They're like, well, Miri is like kind of like on the like beginnings of like puberty and like starting to like have like those sorts of like feelings. And so like she's attracted to Kirk, um, which even, yeah, I don't know. Should we, should we finish or should we get into this part of it? I guess I'll, I'll like run through the rest of what happened. Cause basically like they kidnap Rand and then Kirk goes to rescue or Kirk wants to go rescue her and like convinces Mary to help him. Cause he's like, he convinces her like, look all of, like this disease affects everyone. And like, even though you're aging slowly, you all are eventually going to grow up and get the disease and die. And he's like, eh. cause she's like, no, like only some people get the disease. And he's keeps yelling at her. Like, no, like everyone has gotten like everyone, you know, once they've gotten to a certain age has gotten this disease and died Yeah, and it's going to happen to you. And so then they, they go back to the kids and he like yells at them for a long, painful scene. Um, <laughs> like I said, well, I just, I just felt bad for him kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, he, he kind of keeps saying the same thing of like, you're all going to get it. You're all going to die. Um, you have to like, and like, we're trying to find a cure because we want to help you not then. He, yeah. He is the, like, he's the one yelling, he's like, yelling, like I'm a grump. And like yeah. the point he's trying to make is that like, you think that like your kind of memory is that adults are just like adults are the ones that are like mean and shout and hurt people. But like, you're now the ones that are hurting people. And I'm, I want to help you. And like, I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm not trying to like be mean or selfish and like Mm. convinces them to like, let him go back and help them and give their, them their communicators back so that they can find the cure. 
And then it turns out that none of that matters because McCoy just figured out the cure and like tested it on himself anyways. And it worked. Yeah. Like they all come back and they're just like, I've got the communicators now. And then like, meanwhile, they like cut back to Spock and McCoy. And this part, again, I think, I think they do a good job because like part of the disease is that it makes them more like irritable. Um, And I think they do have some good scenes between, between Spock and McCoy and like, I think DeForest Kelly does good in this one of just kind of like getting more and more like upset and irritable. And like Spock is trying to kind of like talk sense into him. And then like when Spock leaves the room, he just like, cause he's like made a dose of the antidote, but he's just like, without the computers, we don't have a way to like test it or like figure out the dosing. And then he just like, kind of like shoots himself up with the whole thing. And like, yeah. kind of like starts convulsing and like call, cries out for Spock and then collapses to the ground. And like, yeah, it's, like, this nice, because then, like, Spock is, like, there with him, like, clearly concerned about him, and then, like, Kirk rushes in, and then they're, like, looking at him, and, like, the the, sp- the blue spots on his face start, like, fading away, and, like, the antidote worked, and he's cured, and then, like, then they kind of, like, just cut back to the ship, just, like, and then everyone was cured, and then we flew away. Well, there's that there's that that crazy line though in sure, the, the scene the line where yeah. she's where she says something about how like Rand says something about how Mary liked Kirk and Kirk says like I don't like older women or something like that. Yeah, which is like you're you're not making it better, Jim. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you're saying like, oh, well, there's that good scene between the two, and, and I don't know. It's fine. It's like everybody is, and this is a professional, you know. But like. Yeah. Think about, like, I know you weren't, like, the biggest fan of, like, Brendan Circus's, but, like, think about... Yeah, that's true. Like, the like, McCoy about, like, stock in that was, was also, like... Yeah, yeah like, like, like... Much better, <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe it is just, like, part of why I like this is that I just... I like these three guys so much. Yeah. Right? Like they're just... They're, they're good at what they do, and that's why it's a good show. Um, but like this, this is a. I mean, we can talk about the the child crush thing. But like, why? What was this episode about? Like, what was the what, what was the point of this? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really seem. Yeah, like- yeah. I, it does kind of. I yeah. It, and again, like kind of like I said at the top, it kind of feels like they had like too many ideas that they were trying to cram into one episode. Because I think what they like. The show thinks that, like, the big emotional climax is, like, Kirk yelling at the kids. And, like, is it, like, a Peter Pan type of thing of just, like, well, you, like, have to grow up eventually and you can't just stay a kid forever? But there's kind of, like, a Lord of the Flies element, too, where where they're like, well, look, you guys are just as monstrous as the Grups. Like, and yeah. it's like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, like, I don't really yeah. know what you're trying to say. I yeah, don't. and all of that, I agree, is just, like, yeah, yeah. Again, like, I think the part that I enjoyed the much the most was and again like it's less of a like being about or like making a point but like I enjoyed the just like whenever it was like McCoy trying to like figure out the disease and like figure out the like all of those scenes I thought where they were like in the lab and like they're either like going through like old records to find out more about like what caused all of this or like McCoy is you know like doing science to try to like find a cure or figure it out yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's maybe a part of it is the because it is that like original series like aesthetic, right? Where like they have these like weird, you know, like 
chunky computer things with flashing lights and they're like doing like it felt much again like to compare it to something like Babel, where it's just like Bashir kind of like goes over to the computer and little like symbols show up on the touch screen like it felt yeah. much more tangible like it's like oh McCoy is like really like plugging away doing science like it felt like he was doing something I think in a much more real way than than like the similar scenes in Babel where they're trying to and again maybe I don't know if that's just kind of like the props and an aesthetic of the show or how much of it's DeForest Kelly being kind of in his element or what, but yeah, like that, that part of it, I think kind of kept me, mm-hmm. kept me involved uh, in this episode. And yeah, like the kids stuff again, like at the beginning I thought like was kind of like atmospherically kind of creepy. And then like the more, the more you find out, the more you're like, like, this like, like any sort of horror thing, right? Like the more you see of what the, what the monster actually is like the less. Yeah. Well, I, uh, all right. So we can talk about, so very early on, it's like, they kind of like realize that Mary has a crush on Kirk. Yeah. Well, even like when they first like meet her, because like the first thing, like he like asks her what her name is and she's like, my name is Mary. And he's like, Oh, and he says something like, like, a pretty name for a pretty girl. And she's like, Oh, you think I'm pretty? I'm just, I I wrote down at this point, like Jim, no, no, Jim, no, Jim, don't hit on, don't hit on the little girl. Jim. Well, it's like, he never like really does, but he never really like, doesn't either. Like, like it's it's like gives her these like charming smiles and, and yeah. And it's, it's, I think written to be, or supposed to be written like, Oh, like he's just like, Yes, he like he's like he's older and like he realizes that she's like has a thing for him and is more just kind of like like how can I use that to accomplish being like nice and charming and using that to like get what he get yeah like make progress in what they're trying to do. He's like, well, if I keep being nice to her, then like because she like has a crush on me, she'll you know, and and they say to him like, well, she'll do what you say and like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the things about it that like really kind of push it in a way that is like creepy is is that like a when they say that she has a crush on him, like <laughs> a bone says, I believe like she's becoming a woman, Jim. And I'm like, ugh, like you can't no. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and then, and then like, there are just these scenes where it's like, Kirk, Kirk is like just standing so close to her. Like, yeah. And, and then, and then like also weirdly, like by, by them being like, Oh, she's actually not 12. She's like 300. Like, it's like, I, I don't think they're really doing that on purpose. I mean, maybe they are a little bit because, like, he does make that joke about the end, at the end about, like, getting involved with an older woman. But it's like, it it's just like this uh, it weird, like, it, like, like it, it makes you think about, like, consent in a way that, like, does not benefit the television program. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is just like, and that, that whole element of it is just kind of like, it's always kind of like there in the subtext and it's like incredibly uncomfortable the whole time <laughs> yeah i don't know you know the thing i hated about this episode though is that i have kids and like the kids not only do the kids in this as you said it's like you wouldn't have grown up at all like in 300 years you know actually think about like interview with the vamp with a vampire which is not a great movie but like has a really interesting thing where like they turn a vampire they turn a girl into a vampire and she is a girl, but she at least understands that like there is something that she doesn't have access to. You know, like hmm. she's like her almost like her body wants to progress to the next stage of maturity, but it can't. You know, but like anyway, 
not only do they not, but like they're they're dumb, immature kids for their Even age. For like their like sort it's of like parent age. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's all these where they're like bonk bonk on the head bonk. Yeah, yeah. Like I've met eight year olds and they don't do that. <laughs> but like there's like one like what's supposed to be like a creepy a creepy scene. Where like this, there's this creepy music playing as it fades out, like and there's just like this pan out as these these kids are all going, bonk, 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 bonk. And I'm like, this isn't scary. Shut up. Yeah, like this is. Uh, I don't know. I just think this. I thought this this move this episode was just so completely like misjudged. You know, like like. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, did not like it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And it, yeah, it's. I feel like it's been. It's been a while since I've like gone off on like an, an original series episode like this, you know, like um, sure, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Is there anything else that we need to like say about this? Like, was there anything? I mean, I another positive. Like, I actually thought they did a good job with the makeup with the the blue splotches. Yeah, for the that's most true. part, I agree especially when they were like kind of like small. Like, I don't know. It it looked like this. You know, it's kind of this like weird, discolored, like raised fuzzy growth that like yeah i thought it looked pretty good all things considered except for when <laughs> except for the rand one where again yeah. like yeah i guess we kind of almost like sort of touching this but yeah she's she keeps she like it's like super upset and kirk's like why are you so upset and she's just like well i've always wanted you to look at my legs look at my legs now and she like yeah. has one of these spots but it's like she's got these you know sort of like hose or stocking type things and it's like the makeup is on the outside yeah, of the stocking rough. it's just like how how do you think women work <laughs> like, do you think that's their skin yeah uh, it's also funny that um well apparently there uh not only were grace lee whitney Rand's kids were on the show were in were some of the kids also one of kirk's one of one of shatner's kids were were on the show but uh, really i mean i guess if you ever wanted to hit your dad with a hammer <laughs> it's funny that like she's like I always tried to get you to look at my legs and it's like like look, think about the the women's uniforms on this television program it's like yeah. what was she just, like, just I tried to legs. I tried to let you look at my legs b- by being around in places where you were like like let's like it's <laughs> you know yeah um but uh yeah I agree I agree with you though like the makeup so the makeup looks it's good yeah. it's very tactile and like the scene even like the scene where like where they're like zooming in on McCoy's face while like the spots are sort of like fading away, like was pretty impressively done. I mean, like maybe just like DeForest Kelly is really good at staying perfectly still while they reshoot him without things and like fade the camera together. But like it, you know, like sometimes with that sort of camera work, like you can tell that like they're moving around and it's like at different times, but yeah, like it, it looked pretty good for being, 1966 or whatever yeah okay well thank you everybody for listening um we come out every other week so in a couple weeks we'll be back with uh shockwave part two which is the season premiere of star trek enterprise season two so we haven't done an enterprise episode Ah, for interesting a minute yet so we'll have to kind of figure out what happened previously on um But, uh, yeah, so that, we'll be doing that one next time. Um, in the meantime, you can check us out on our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Blue Sky at Contracts. You can uh, email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com, or you can 
follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Wizard Study, which is a Harry Potter podcast. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. And there's That's Not a Science Works, which is a science pop culture podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.